0: Hello everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Sam's Report. I believe it's episode 44, getting close to that uh, year mark. It's going to be here about, oh, it's probably going to be here when I'm in WPC, or in Toronto, for Microsoft's Worldwide Partner Conference. So, uh, for those watching on the video, we will dive right into that, and for those on the audio, you'll kind of get a sense of what's going on. So, as you can see, uh, things are changing. I am quite literally in the process of building a studio, as you can see, there's stuff going up on the wall, that's some nice looking stone stuff. Um, you can see on the ground back here, we got some white paneling, um, what they call, well, it's brick, it's white brick that will go up um, on this other wall. And yeah, so a lot of things going on. There's also, I dumped a bunch of money into Philips Hue Lighting, which I should probably do a review of this stuff. Um, pretty neat, so it allows me to change the color. Like you can see, I can go dark red, like if we're talking, I don't know, about, privacy or something spooky, we'll go purple if we're talking about purple stuff, or we're talking Microsoft today as we can kind of keep it in the blue. But this is all going to be part of a much better studio that is coming. So what is the studio for, I'll get to that in just a second. So um, as you can see though, everything is crazy, there's new flooring down, the blue lines on the ground are where a new desk is going to go, I'm not giving up this desk, my workstation will still stay here. But uh, we got some we got some big stuff coming that I can finally start talking about. i been working on this for a very long time. And here we go. So this week on Therat, you will hopefully have noticed, uh, we are launching what we are calling Therat Premium. And so this is a premium subscription service or access to content on Therat. And I kinda wanna go through some of the high points here. Um, what is Therat Premium? It's gonna cost, if you join now, it's 42 bucks for the year or $3.50 per month. So it's a pretty low fee. We really bounced around different ideas. And that was kind of the number that stuck. We did a whole bunch of research. Some of you took surveys. Uh, We got thousands upon thousands of people answering the surveys. And we actually called, we literally called 12 readers and talked to them and walked through everything and tried to get their opinion and feedback and all this stuff about what we're going to do. So what does Threat Premium bring? Um, First off, if you sign up now, you get an alpha badge on your profile and that'll be with you forever. It's pretty much our little way of saying, Hey, look, you took a risk with us and you joined up before the full program launched. Here's a way to show off that, you know, you really appreciate what we do. Um, but things that are going to be coming, we're building out forums. Thank God. I've wanted forums on Therat forever, but we're not building out just like trash forums. We're not just going to like put IPB or V bulletin in there. We're actually building our own forum software and it's going to be kind of a WordPress type thing, but it, I think it's going to work. Uh, I, Once we get more into that, uh, I'll be able to show it to you, but if you're a premium member, you'll actually get early access to the forums and actually help us feature test, um, feature build out for that matter, and you'll actually have your own section too, there'll be a premium section where it'll be easier to interact with Paul and I, but the forums will be open to everybody, there's just a small premium section only section uh, in there, but it'll be open to everybody and that will be coming. Uh, we're building out our own comment system. So there, I got a lot of mixed feedback about this, and I was kind of surprised. I personally do not like discuss, Uh From an admin side, from a content creator side, I don't really like Discuss too much. So we're actually gonna build our own comment system, and you'll see why, because it's gonna tie very much into the forums. And so there's gonna be a new commenting platform Um, If you're a premium subscriber, there's actually going to be premium comments and then just non-premium comments. And I want to be clear, this is not like you pay 70 bucks and then you can buy the top spot. Some sites are going to this, where you can actually buy uh, the first, second, and third comment on any post for whatever number they come up with. This is not that. This is just if you're a premium user and you go to the comment section, your comment has an elevated status to it. That is it. Anybody can still comment. Anybody can still sign up. There will be a free membership offer. Um, but it will not get you all the features of the site. There's also going to be deeper content, uh, more analysis posts, something we're coining the health of tech. Um, And most time-consuming of what everything we're doing and the reason why we're building the studios, everybody's been asking Paul and I to do a podcast. And so we're actually going to launch a new daily podcast. It's going to be called uh, The First Ring. Um, Yeah, The First Ring, kind of play on the fast ring and the slow ring, but The First Ring, and it's going to happen every single day. Every single day, Paul and I. If you if you see Paul and I, what we do on Twitter, that's that's the essence of it. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. It's gonna be fun. Um, there's gonna be some good content in it. We're getting segments aligned, and if you have any suggestions about what we should do, we're all open to it. We've got five days every single week, and it's not gonna be a four-hour adventure. It's gonna be three-hour. It's gonna be much shorter. But again, it's gonna be every day that we're not traveling. So uh, what will be really interesting is when we go to build because we should be able to do them. Together in person. Uh, Obviously, Paul and I don't live next to each other, but we're building up nice studios. This is why we're building these studios. To be honest, it's we don't we we we're going to be premium. We're going to go professional. We're going to build. We're getting nice cameras. We're getting nice equipment. We're getting nice. We're going all in, folks. So this is not going to be Paul and I sitting at our computers. This is going to be Paul and I. um, I don't. I don't want to give away the big reveal yet, but um, there's going to be a lot of good stuff. So that's that's the podcast, and that's all going to be part of the premium experience. And so look for that this fall. If you sign up now, it's only 42 bucks um, for the year. And bluntly, since I, I believe in transparency, we're toying with the idea of making that a permanent price lock. We haven't decided anything and it may not, but I am pushing for that if you sign up now, price will never change and you'll get that for as long as you are a member. Um, so I'm hoping that we can we can all come to agreement on that. There's some people obviously pushing back, but um, yeah. So. Uh no PayPal. I personally don't like PayPal. Um I have another business called Trekor and PayPal is easy for the user, but it can be a little bit pain in the butt um on the back end. And so we went with actually I don't think this matters, but we're actually using Stripe. So we actually got one of the things that I was very adamant about. We don't store your credit card information for those who are asking. Like when we were doing all this, I'm like, hey, we don't want to get in the business of storing people's credit cards. So it actually goes through Stripe. They have all the security in place for all that. We are simply just the conduit and they keep all your stuff. And Eric, appreciate it. Alpha member, loving it. And if you do sign up now, you get an early uh, lower member number. So I'm just trying to reiterate some of this stuff for people who aren't aware. And for some members, some people really like this. Like if you sign up now, you, you're probably in like user number 600. So we've already had, you know, it's, things are going well. You can go sign up and you get a nice low member profile number that sticks with you forever. So, so there we go. Somebody wants a PTZ camera controlled by the audience it's an interesting idea we've been thinking about doing some crazy stuff with cameras um i i would like to get to a or multi-camera or multi setup and we'll see we gotta get we gotta get up and running we gotta get this thing locked down um we're actually gonna have our own cdn doing this stuff so it should be like i said this, this isn't just us putting up a stupid paywall and i don't know just we really put a lot of thought on this i really wanted that to come across we've been do- working on this since november and by the way if you don't want to pay anything that's perfectly fine oh and there's no ads um, i shouldn't say no ads there's dramatically reduced advertisement there's no display banners if you pay the 42 bucks that was kind of the big thing is people wanted a way to get rid of ads um, we can tell on the back end people who are using adblock ublock origin we can see the rise in ad blockers And that's a really scary thing in the publisher space when you depend on advertising, but you don't have to pay. If you're not gonna pay, that's perfectly fine. We hope that you don't use an ad blocker. Um, And those users will still get a lot of the same content, but there's gonna be certain premium articles they won't be able to read. Obviously, they don't get premium comments. They won't be able to watch some of the podcasting and other stuff. Uh, It'll become more clear once we get and a little bit closer, but for those folks, no worries. And for this podcast, nothing's changing. Nope, still doing it Fridays, still free all time, all good. Uh, the only thing that might change is some of the set, set up, I might actually move the podcast over to the new desk with a different angle and that kind of stuff, but I got to get all this crap built. Hopefully by mid July, everything will be in place, hopefully. So we will see. So that is throughout premium. Uh, check it out. Happy to answer any questions and you know, let's just, let's just drive in. Okay. So that's fun. So next week, um, I'm actually headed to New York City. Uh, If you're going to be up in New York City, there's going to be a Windows uh, weekly meetup actually on Wednesday night at Rattle and Hum. I will be there. Paul will be there. Mary Jo will be there. I'm actually heading up there for something different. But um, it just helps that everything is happening then. And so I scheduled that that trip for that week. And so I'll be in New York City next week. If if you'll be around, let me know. We can hang out. So... What happened this week in the world of Microsoft? So we had a couple new builds this week, and let's just kind of talk about these builds. We had 14.371 and 14.372. And what was new in them? Only really one thing. So Microsoft is actually building out this new activation wizard. And thank God, because if you've ever tried to activate Windows 10, and it says, yeah, that's not going to work, it's really frustrating. It's really, really frustrating. And I've been there. I know others have been there. So they're building out this activation wizard. And what it's going to help you do is activate windows 10 so what i've been trying to dig through but what it looks like it does is it helps you link your windows 10 entitlement your electronic key to your windows 10 account and so the problem comes is let's say you change your hard drive or let's say you change a motherboard and you have a a hardware change and the microsoft is like oh my god you changed hardware Um, yeah then what happens and so activation kind of freaks out and so they now have this wizard that allows you to help you get through that activation process and let's let's all cross our fingers here and hope that Microsoft didn't screw this one up. And it really does work. I tinker with hardware all the time, and I don't want to have to deal with a Windows 10 entitlement issue. And that's what the hope is with this new wizard. So we'll see if it works. I haven't had actually been able to try it yet because I haven't had any activation problems. But we will see if anything happens. Everything else in the builds this week have all about been bug bashing. And that's really it, folks. Everything is bug bashing here on out. Um, they're in a bug bash spree. They're gonna launch here um, late next month or early August, something like that. Um, you know, because the problem with the 29th is that it's at the end of July, and it's I think the 29th is a Friday, isn't it? Uh, let me check. Let me check. Yeah, July 29th is a Friday. I can't see them launching the anniversary update on a Friday. So it wouldn't surprise me if they kick it into the next week. But they're they're getting ready to you know do all the final signups by the end of July and then they'll kick it out whenever. So look for that last week of July or probably potentially first week of August. Because it's so close they're not putting anything really new in there. They're not going all out. I don't blame them. They need to get this thing stabilized and if you look at what's coming out um, I really need to just suck it up and roll into the insider program now. I feel that it's pretty stable. But that's what they're doing. Everything internally is bug bashing, stabilization, bug bash stabilization. If it's not that chant then it gets pushed aside. Everything else will get bumped into Redstone 2, which we'll talk about uh, maybe a little bit later. I don't, there's not too much to talk about, but some features were cut from the anniversary update for Redstone 2, so we'll see. But keep that in mind. Um, if anybody is running 1414372, 1, let me know how, the, let me know the stability of it. I, I, I really want to put this, my desktop, my primary driver on it, but I always get a little bit nervous. Um, I keep telling myself I just need to wait a month, Uh, it'll be fine, it'll be better to do it that way, then I don't have to worry about getting out of the the fast ring, Um, because after that I'm not going to want to jump back in, because I need this thing rock solid, which it has been, knock on wood. 1511, great build, no problem guys. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, What else went on this week? Geez, what else is going on this week? A lot of stuff. Windows 10 Mobile got some love this week. Microsoft, even though everyone's like, hey, Windows 10 Mobile's dead, uh, Microsoft introduced uh, NFC payments. It's really cool. I'm actually kind of surprised. I think this caught a lot of people out of left field. So if you have a Windows 10 Mobile, you can now do tap to pay. Now, there's a couple caveats here. You need to have a bank that is participating in the program. And this is just like any other bank, uh, any other tap to pay. So like Bank of America is doing this stuff. A lot of the big ones chase. But if you have a small credit union, you need to be paying attention to see if your bank is actually supported. Remember, Apple Pay had the same thing. Apple Pay didn't support um, all the banks at first. They have to get into the program. But I think this is really cool. If you have an NFC-enabled phone and check to make sure that it works, uh, like I know like the 950, 950XL, 650, Um, And I think just about any other device that sports NFC should work, but Microsoft wasn't completely open about every single model. They just said some of these devices will work, and very typical Microsoft slang. Um, So that's really, really cool. I'm happy to see that Microsoft is bringing that. That means they're not being left out of this. They're actually pushing forward, and Windows 10 Mobile users get thrown a bone. Good stuff. Speaking of Windows 10, Windows 10 Mobile is coming to the Lumia icon. Actually, not even coming. It already did. I, I can't. This is really peculiar to me i don't know if this was let's jump back to the announcement of windows 10 mobile is not coming to the icon i don't know if microsoft there was a communication thing with verizon or what was going on but whatever uh, and verizon by the way is typically very slow and uh, rolling out updates they're generally a lagger not a leader and so maybe they were just taking their sweet time with this but who cares who knows Whatever. Windows 10 Mobile, now coming to the Lumi icon. Um, some people in the comment section, I think Eric is saying it, uh, w- was getting some love on his phone. And yeah, so that, like, Windows 10 Mobile? Not so dead. I mean, they're still not in a great place, don't get me wrong. Tap to pay, NFC payments aren't going to save everything. It's not going to change things too much, but it shows that Microsoft is still committed to the platform. This is a new feature, and I'm really pumped to see that this came out. So, good job, Microsoft. Way not to, uh, you know, good job. I mean, just, they get a lot of shit for this. So, well done. Tap to pay. Good stuff. Let's keep on moving, shall we? So, also things that happened this week. If you have a Surface Book and a Surface Pro 4. There's new firmware updates out, and I will tell you, these updates are getting boring, and that's a great thing. They're, they're Anybody who's been following along knows that some of the updates were like, oh my god, is this going to fix uh, the trackpad issue? Is this going to fix the sleep issue? We we're like waiting for these big fixes, and they've came, and the device is stabilized, and everything's good. So these updates are a little bit more boring, but I'm happy they're boring, because that means there's nothing colossally wrong with the Surface Book, which is a great device. It's still my laptop of choice. Um, I got to play with the HP Spectre that just came out. It's good. It's, you know, Some people feel very strongly about this, that Microsoft should not have made a detachable display. I personally am not one of those people. I like the detachable split. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't use it every single day, but I tweeted about it. uh, It was like a week or two ago. We were doing some design stuff for the new Throt that actually just went out. Um, You notice the header is updated a little bit, and there's some other assets that are coming. And I was using a keyboard or mouse, and I was in uh, Photoshop, and I was trying to do it. I was like, you know what? Screw this. I just grabbed the display, ripped it off, grabbed the pen, and then just started circling stuff and saying, hey, this needs to be moved up. The color needs to be changed on this. Please fix it. Um, so I, I really like that. I, and you know, I really like that. I'm glad that Microsoft went with that decision. Um, good job, Panos. I don't know if you listened to this. I know you tweeted me. I actually retweeted a picture. My daughter now uses a Surface type cover. We're teaching her letters. And so I found an old type cover and she uses that. uh, And we say, find the letter C and then she finds it. And we find the letter A and then she goes and finds it. She loves it. Um, but yeah, I really like that the Surface book display detaches and it's touchscreen and it's really freaking high, uh, high quality so um still my device of choice but the specter is good um battery life isn't so great but yeah so keep them keep on the lookout for those Surface book updates and speaking of surface speaking of surface i need a drink speaking of surface surface 3 is out of stock just about everywhere and yeah surface 3 out of stock what's going on what's the deal here so if you go to microsoft's website uh, as of last night for the u.s Uh, users, three of the four SKUs were completely out of stock, and you can click the little button that says, email me when available, and so, I, I actually, the first thing I did was I went to the little, uh, what's it, help feature, and I was, like, chatting with the people, seeing if they were going to give me any dirt about, you know, Surface 4 is on the horizon, and all they said was that, hey, if we knew when the Surface 3 was coming back, we would list a date, and they were all... I mentioned Surface 4, and it said, if we knew the date it was coming back, it was very much just like pushing back. Uh, There was a reader, and gosh, Thunder something, I cannot remember your name, but you tweeted at me, and I appreciate the tip for this, because you deserve the credit. He um, he also said that he works at a retailer, and they were told to take down all their Surface 3 signage, and it's going to be replaced by Surface Book and Surface Pro 4. So... I've got a couple thoughts about this. Oh, and Best Buy, uh, it's hard to find it in store. They still do have it available online. But when I checked, uh, there's about five stores within an hour's drive of where I live. And I checked all five online and all five did not have it in stock. But you could get it by the middle of next week, which means they'd ship it from a warehouse. So Surface 3, uh, pretty much done. I mean, that's it. I actually got a letter from Microsoft. And so, what did they say? Microsoft said that they are winding down production of the Surface 3, and supplies will become limited. And by the end of by December 2016, Surface 3 will no longer be in production. And so, I, if there's any like hardware manufacturing gurus out there, I would love to know what the definition of the term production is, because Microsoft probably chose their words wisely here. I think I honestly think that they stopped making them, because if they stopped making them, then they wouldn't have a supply issue. But they could potentially say they're still in production because they still have the dies and everything in the assembly line set up to allow the production to, be, to go forward if needed on a technicality basis but i don't actually think that these things are still like flying off the assembly line by any means and so they can say 2016 because they haven't completely deprecated all of the goods to produce it but at the same time it may not necessarily mean that things are coming off the line so surface four Really haven't heard much. I've asked around, um, you know, kind of behind the scenes, and I haven't really heard too much either. The one crazy thing that came out was, um... (laughs) Was that somebody in, I think, Windows Central or Daniel started tweeting it was that there was a last minute rumor that it was going to be announced at E3. Nope. Obviously that didn't happen. I never heard that. I, I don't know what's going on with the Surface 4. If you do, I would love to know. Uh, you know, hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on email and let me know what you guys are hearing because I haven't heard too much and so I've got a couple thoughts about this so we it, and, oh I'm gonna put that pause that thought on pause because I want to go to this next thing real quick um band 2 uh Rod Chant over at Therat's old stomping around when Supersite ha- found out that at Best Buy the device had been discontinued and then confirmation from Microsoft actually came that hey yeah supplies are gonna be limited from here on out so the band 2 um, reaching end of life, which is a little early. The Surface 3, don't get me wrong, had a good run. It was, it was around for over a year. I think we all kind of agree that in this day and age, um, a PC on the market for a year, that's that's about average. That's what we'd expect. Band 2, not so much. Um, and so the, the Band 2 is now facing limited supply. Here's kind of, and this is more speculation at this point. So Microsoft has Band 2 that's reached end of life. They have a Surface 3 that's reached end of life. Now, we have heard, uh, I have heard this, Mary Foley has heard this, and some others have heard this, Microsoft is planning a spring hardware launch, uh, which I believe, personally, taking that to mean Surface Book 2, uh, likely Surface Pro 5, that's and, and Surface Phone. Now, Microsoft has traditionally held a hardware event around the October time frame because they need stuff for the holiday season. Now, we already know they have the Xbox One, uh, Xbox One S, what would make sense to me in my mind, and just kind of just feeling things out here, is that they would have another hardware event potentially this fall, and they could do a Band 3 if they're going to build it. They could do a Surface 4 if they're going to build it. They could also do the media streamers that I know exist. That would, that would be a, and then they'd have Xbox One S. That's pretty decent, uh, and that's worthy of an event you know, to go up to New York City because where they typically have the hardware stuff to do that. So that's kind of like in the back of my mind thinking, you know, what is their strategy? Because they need to get new hardware out for the holidays. And maybe it's the Surface 4. That Maybe that's what their strategy is for this year. Last year, they had the Surface Book. And you know what? Maybe that's their strategy for the year. So that's kind of what I'm thinking at the moment. If anybody has any information that would correlate with that, you know, feel free to hit me up. But that's kind of the theory I'm running with. And I'll see if I can actually get anything on the back end to dig that out. But, uh, yeah, so we got that going on. So I'm going to dive into I wrote something on Monday, and I kind of got some flack for it, and I got a lot of people that agreed with it. It kind of went both ways. So um, last week, my Apple announced that Siri is coming to the Mac, and they're hoping to get people to talk to their PC. And so I did some informal survey. I did something on Twitter. Um, like six, five, six hundred people responded. And about 60 to 65% of them said, hey, I never talk to my PC. And of those 40% who do talk to it, they said it's on a rare occasion. Um, or there is testing out or just showing it off. Uh, so I wrote up a post that said Apple is going to try to get people to do what Cortana doesn't, is get them to talk to their PC on a regular basis. Now, don't get me wrong, this is not a shortcoming of Cortana. I like Cortana, it does fine, and I think it's a conditioning thing, right? For decades upon decades, we have used keyboard and mouse. That's just what we have used. That's just the reality of the situation. And so Microsoft is trying to introduce voice, and it's going to be a long journey. I don't think this is a day one, it launches, and everybody's just chatting up their PC. I don't think that's how that works. So, yeah. I, Apple is hoping that with Siri they can get people to talk to their PC and I don't I don't really know if it's going to work. I'll be I'm going to be really curious to see the uptake on this. Now don't it took me it took me it took Apple what 5 years to get Siri from the phone to the PC, it started in 2011 on the iPhone 4S, and now it's here with Siri on the Mac. And obviously Microsoft since that time has come and bought every or bought everything. Brought Cortana to let's see we got PC, we got Windows phone, we got iOS and Android. And so, yeah, Let, I'm, I'm just curious. And the whole point of the post was, I was curious to see if Apple can get Microsoft, Apple can get its users to talk to the PC because Microsoft really hasn't because it doesn't, it's not useful enough for me, right? I can hit the Windows key and type what I need faster than I can say, hey Cortana, open file. The, the big downside too, to using your voice, you say, hey Cortana, open, um, open Excel spreadsheet one, two, three is I have to sit and wait to make sure that Cortana actually did that, whereas I can type that app much faster, and I'm certain that I'll get it right. So talking to your PC, I'm not really sold on it yet. I don't think it's something that's just going to happen overnight. I think it's going to take time, and we need to just kind of figure out when talking to your PC is more beneficial than typing. So let's see. Let's just see what happens here with uh, Siri on the Mac to see if Apple can actually do that. And it'll be interesting to watch. Um, If you do use a Mac, I have a Mac upstairs, and I'll might load Sierra on it here in a little bit just to play around with it. But if you do have it, I'll be curious to actually compare how well Siri works versus how well Cortana does. Um, Don't get me wrong. Microsoft has a really good back end for dictation and being able to figure out what you're saying. Marcus Ash, I can never pronounce his last name. Mike Caligoni, he probably listens and he's going to email me. I um, can never pronounce his name. Very smart people, very well-educated. They know how to do this stuff. I don't question those credentials of Microsoft being able to do, uh, you know, the semantics of the voice process. It's just, it doesn't feel natural. On the phone, it's a whole different story. We're used to talking to the phone. We, we grew up talking on a phone. So talking to your phone, and there's no mouse, on a keyboard, mouse and keyboard on a phone. You know, there is a keyboard, but whatever. Uh, it, it's different. So we'll see. We will see if Apple can do that. Other things that happened this week. So this was kind of interesting. Microsoft is starting to go on the offensive, and uh, with its browser, and and good for them. You know what? Happy uh, friend of I, I think I can call him a friend. I met him at uh, Microsoft event. He works on Edge. Kyle, I can never I can't pronounce his last name. It's P F L U uh, N G, Flung or something like that. Really cool dude. Actually I talked to him for about forty five minutes at uh, Built, and again smart individual working on edge and so what did they do this week Microsoft put out a battery test that says hey edge is the most battery efficient and so they walk through things like more efficient background uh, tabs uh, more efficient flash edge UI is optimized for power efficiency which is kind of really interesting to think about but what they said was uh, they're using smaller animations and controls like reading mode now uses 40 percent uh, of the animation frames previously So it's just making lighter use of the animations and everything. You know what? They optimize stuff. Long story short, Edge is the most efficient browser on Windows 10. Now, that was Microsoft's narrative. And the day later, Opera comes out going, whoa, 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 whoa. In our tests, Opera is the most efficient by something like 40 minutes in their testing. And so this is where the debate started. It it came out with... um, (laughs) Opera detailed what they did, and what Opera did was they ran um, these tests with an ad blocker on, because it's built into the browser, where Edge doesn't have an ad blocker, and so they said, hey, look, you know what, we win because we have an ad blocker run natively, and that doesn't make sense, so what Microsoft did was they took all the browsers and ran the exact same test just like you do in science. You create a hypothesis, you create a controlled test environment, and then you execute. What Opera did was they created a hypothesis, had an uncontrolled test environment because they gave themselves a natural advantage because they've an, built an ad blocker. Which, by the way, Edge does have ad blocking uh, coming with the anniversary update. You can get AdBlock plus or any of the other extensions. Same same with Chrome. Um, and they created an unfair test, and they said, we win. Well, you know what, that doesn't. that's not the same test. And so that's there was actually a lot of bickering going on in the internet through these these channels, and everyone saying, "Yeah, Edge Edge looks better." Um, Opera cheated and skewed their own statistics. Um, basically, what I said was, Opera pulled an Apple. You know, they created an environment that works for them. And just like Apple does, Apple's very good. They will do this with Sierra. They will put up a chart with uh, macOS Sierra and the adoption rate, and it'll be great. It'll be. in the first month but what they don't tell you is how many users that actually is. That 30% is a very small pittance of what Windows install base Um, and I'll be curious to see actually when Microsoft announces the anniversary update um, if they're going to give us a new figure. I think the last one was 300 million. I'm certain that it is uh, north of that by a decent amount by now. So there we go. We got Edge doing the battery life stuff and I, I don't know, like, these companies like to go back and forth about everything, and obviously I understand why Opera is doing this, they want to protect their browser, they're a smaller incumbent in the market, and yeah, I don't know. We'll We'll see how this shakes out, Edge, what I hope for Edge, and Edge's problem is that the version of Edge that is available to the broad swath of consumers, the 300 million that Microsoft quotes is not great. It's really not. 15.11 is fine. I mean, it's not the most stable thing. Uh, lacking extensions, lacking a lot of features. But when the anniversary update arrives in about um, a month or a little bit longer, it's a much better browser. So, yeah. We'll see what happens here, guys. But anyways, um, as you can see, the studio is coming along and I'll keep you updated We'll we'll do some more fun stuff with throughout Premium. If you haven't checked it out yet, Definitely recommend it. Get in early so you guys can save some money. And I want to talk, I I meant to bring this up earlier. If somebody asked uh, what the money goes to. And so that's a very fair question. And just to kind of give you guys some perspective, one thing it goes to is actually helping us build these studios. But to put something into perspective. So when we go to an event like Build, uh, even more relevant, when we go to the Worldwide Partner Conference here in July, I'm going to go up to Toronto. Paul's going to go up to Toronto. To give you guys an, an idea how much that costs, um, it's 1500 bucks per event per user, per person attending. So for Paul and I to go to an event, it's three grand. That, that's that's the math of it. And so when we do the premium side, it, it really just helps us build sustainable sites so that we don't have to chase the page views. Because here's what I did not, and Paul did not, I and Paul, if I could speak correctly, did not want to get into. When you go to an event um, from a business side, you have to think about okay, we're spending three grand on this event. How many page views is that so that we reach the advertising goals so that this event is at least a break even? And so then when you think start thinking in page views, you start thinking in those stupid crappy titles like 15 odd things that happened at the Worldwide Partner Conference. Come watch our slideshow and click, 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 click. So they get all those ad impressions. By going to a premium route, we don't have to do that anymore. We can just write the same quality content we've been doing for a really long time and not worry about page views. So just wanted to throw that out there. And, you know, I'm trying to be as absolutely transparent about this stuff as possible. If you have any questions, let me know. But this has been another edition of the Sam's Report. I love that you guys are watching. We're going to grow. We're growing up here. And Thrat is growing up. Petri's going to be growing up soon. And I really appreciate you guys. And thanks for watching. Have a good day.